Hello, fiends. I'm Isabel. And I'm Andrew. Welcome to Parafiend. Welcome back. Or I guess welcome if it's the first time, but it's weird if this is your first episode. Why would it be weird? I don't know. I guess we have so many great ones. I just don't know why you would jump into this one. But if this is your episode, then... Welcome. Welcome. I hope you enjoy it. Yeah. All the spoopy vibes. Yeah. This one is going to be uh, pretty creepy, but it kind of out there too. I, I, I'm not even sure if I'm in the creepy mood because, well, okay, I take that back. I am definitely in the creepy mood, but for a different reason. Oh yeah? What's that? Okay. So do you remember Tuesday's episode and how you got super mad at me for, you know, potentially, I don't know, inviting... Yeah, for- <laughs> for saying all the things? Yeah, for uh, doing uh, two invitation sentences? Yeah, for saying all the things. All right, so for all of our fiends out there, whenever, after we record, I have to edit the episodes and then I have to re-listen to them. So last night I was editing the episode for Tuesday and I had to re-listen to it. So <laughs> my lovely invitations played full speaker again throughout the house. And so I'm upstairs in my library. And if you if you are a new listener, I have a like library slash office upstairs. It's where I do most of my work. And it's like right in front of the staircase. And so like, if you open the door, you look out the door staircase. And you can only see like, what the, the, you know, the top third of the staircase or so. About accurate. So I'm, I'm sitting there. And I'm I'm editing and I'm re-listening to the episode. The invitation plays and I cringe because I'm like, I can't believe I fucking did that. Because I think shouldn't have ever said any of that stuff. And I swear I heard footsteps walking up the stairs. And this is the first time hearing about it. So I'm super stoked. Yeah. And I was like, oh boy. And so I'm just sitting there kind of like side-eyeing the stairs and I'm just waiting for somebody to walk up them, and nobody ever did. So I'm the kind of person that goes and investigates like every sound I hear, which probably isn't the best thing. That's like how people die in horror movies. Facts. But I got up and I went and looked, and there was no one there. And here I was about to say that nothing happened after the Tuesday episode, and now I'm wrong. Yeah, sorry about that super duper yeah so anyways that was my fun story and my fun encounter for last night the good news is is i didn't experience anything after that and i didn't see anything well as long as it sticks to footsteps i think we're good yeah i i I don't need that you know that whole reach around ghost situation none of that no no nothing please yeah so I think that's that's all we've got. We don't really have any business going on. We're still in the process of trying to get um, some administrative things done in the background, uh, but we're not ready to announce anything yet. So I think we can just jump straight into our tale for the day. I'm ready for it. All right, let's do it. Come closer, fiendish friends, and let us tell you a tale. It's your week. It damn sure is. and I'm excited. I've got one that uh, has some some build up to it that, you know, between you and me, based on the past few episodes. Okay. So today we're going to talk about something which came out of a discussion we were having earlier this week. Maybe it was last week. I don't remember. But we're talking about, drum roll please. 
Okay, did it, did it. I can't do drum rolls, but I tried. Doppelgangers. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I don't like doppelgangers. I mean, obviously, I say that about everything, but doppelgangers are fucking terrifying. Yeah, we're going to get uh, real deep into the whole mystique behind them. Oh, okay. Well, I fucking, I guess, here we go. So this one is uh, sparked by a few stories of encounters people have had with their doppelgangers, as well as a healthy dose of paranoia. Paranoia of what? Mirrors. Now, Isabel, do you remember how we were talking about the reflection of the mirror being a separate entity when we did Summoning Games Volume 2? Yeah. Okay, so doppelgangers. The literal translation comes out to something something similar to double walker or double goer, which sounds freaky as all hell. Oh, that's I've never heard that before. Yeah, because doppelganger is German. Well, yeah. I mean, and I don't speak German, so it makes sense that I've never heard it before, but... Yeah, but it... It's creepy sounding, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it actually is kind of worse than doppelganger. Did you run into your double walker the other day? Uh, no. Yeah. However, I actually have a doppelganger story. Ooh. Yeah, like seriously, like a personal one. It doesn't have anything to do. It wasn't mine. It okay. was somebody else's, but I saw the other one. Well, we're going to figure out <laughs> what that might mean. I'm not sure I want to fucking hear about it. Should I tell the fiends the story? Do you want to wait and make no, them I don't mean like, their seat? No, I don't mean right now, but I meant maybe afterwards. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe y'all are in for a treat for a personal story from Isabel. Ooh. Okay, here we go. All right. So the first use of doppelganger seen in the German romance novel, Sibinacus. Maybe. Sibinacus? Yeah, pronunciation's not my thing. Published in 1796 by author John Paul. Now, apparently, the full book title is Flower, Fruit, and Thorn Pieces, or The Married Life, Death, and Wedding of the Public Defender F.S. Sibiancus in Reichsmark Flecken Kuchenschnappel. Kuchenschnappel? Or Kuchenschnappel? Uh, if anybody is like from this area, please correct us on these pronunciations because I would love to know how it's actually pronounced. Yeah, like, truly. But just looking at it, the way that you said it, it looks, it sounds correct. Yeah, I don't know. So I can't imagine why they decided to shorten the name of the the book. Well, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> so this book is the first time a novel uses doppelganger, and it's a word of John Paul's invention. But doppelganger became the most Popular description of a non-related twin, and hence why we still use it today. All right, so here are some interesting beliefs attached to the doppelganger. Okay. So number one, the sighting of a doppelganger is often seen as a precursor to bad luck, impending tragedy, or even a foreshadowing of death. This perspective seems to be deep-rooted in the lore behind the doppelganger as the most famous of stories of doppelgangers and tragically. This isn't supported by the community at large, though, when you look at how many stories of doppelganger encounters are floating about the internet. Yeah, and they're not dead. Exactly. But the fact that it could mean that is terrifying. And so that's specifically when you see your own doppelganger. Okay, so like the like in my case where I saw somebody else's wouldn't that would kind of throw that out the window. Right. So that doesn't mean that you have an impending death or bad luck or anything well, like that. But what about that person? We'll get to it. Oh fuck. Okay. So number two. In Norse mythology, the doppelganger is a ghost or spirit who has lived or gone before you. The Vardoger was seen, heard, or felt before the arrival of the actual person. 
stories of Norse men and women arriving to locations or settlements where they had never been before, but those who live there claim they were seen there recently. Hopefully they made a good first impression. Yeah, I guess so. That one was super interesting to me, I, but I like Norse mythology. I mean, I do too, so it is very interesting. Absolutely. Okay, number three. Native Americans believed to see a doppelganger was to see your evil underworld twin. Now, the overworld, where we exist, was where the good resided. So, to see your opposite or your exact twin was to see your twin from the underworld. Huh, kind of like a... Um... Uh, a different dimension, almost. Yeah, it was like there's good on the front, on the top, and evil on the bottom. I mean, we're kind of going superhero here, though. But you know how, like in Marvel, right? Yeah. I mean, same kind of situation. Even though this is underworld, but some people can see the underworld as a different dimension. True. Well, I mean, based on like the Native American worldview, I can understand why they held no love for the doppelgangers. Oh, for sure. All right, number four, and this is going to be one you like. The Egyptians believed in what they called Ka, the mm-hmm. most significant, di- significant difference between Ka and most other doppelganger type entities is that all people had a Ka. The Ka was a living spirit being which resided within the physical body. Now, this has been pointed to the reason for mummification and the desire for people to keep their earthly bodies intact, because it gives your spirit time to find eternal life before your earthly body, body can no longer support it. And I mean, honestly, it sounds like good planning to me. I mean, yeah, anything Egyptian is definitely right up my alley. I adore Egyptian mythology. Um, any kind of ancient Egypt, that's... That's that's your jam. Yeah, it is. So I don't know if this particular one lends itself too much to the overall doppelganger lore, though. It would seem as though the physical and spiritual were tied together in Egyptian beliefs. So mm-hmm. yeah. seeing like an image of your exact copy of yourself. I don't think that would tie into this particular explanation. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Number five, some believe the doppelganger is similar to an evil twin and will provide bad advice with malicious intent or plant devious thoughts in the minds of their twin. Now this one is similar to the native American belief, but it isn't tied to the underworld overworld belief. This one feels more demonic or spirit focused without any ties as to why the doppelganger is trying to accomplish its evil deeds. We just kind of have to assume with this one. Yeah. I mean, well, I think, I think with me, if doppelgangers truly are real, I think they're demonic. I mean, yeah. So this one kind of makes a lot of sense to me. Oh, for sure. It's not a good thing. No, not at all. And that's, that's seen in like pretty much all these beliefs Mm -hmm. is that there's, Probably nothing good that comes of it. I don't think anybody's ever... Because every time there's been a doppelganger story, nothing good has ever come from it. Mm -mm. Nobody has ever had fluffy, you know, stories about either seeing a loved one that's not their loved one or themselves. So, yeah. Never happened. At least not that I've heard. Not that I've heard either. Okay, number six. Another belief is that if someone else sees your doppelganger, then you may be sick or very ill. This seems tied to the first one we covered. They seem to sort of blend and support one another. So you seeing yourself means death or bad luck, bad omen. But someone else seeing you means the end could be near, maybe? Huh. Either way, no doppelganger sightings seems like the best type of sightings for this one. 
Okay, but so like if you see somebody else's doppelganger, then you yourself may be sick or Mm-mm. that person may that be person. sick. It's a bad omen for that person that they may be ill or sick. Oh, well, that's fucking great. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, we'll talk about this later. All right. And last but not least, proof of the multiverse theory. Oh, here we go. Yeah, this is what I said. So yourself from an alternate reality has tripped into our reality for a moment, and then the streams kind of snap back and our realities are separate again. This one is pretty sci-fi, but a fallback for those who are skeptical of the paranormal in a ghostly, spirity, demony kind of way, but very open to aspects such as UFOs. I think this one is for those who love science, but also want an explanation for all the weird stuff that exists in the world. I hate to admit that it makes sense. Yeah. Because I've never been one to believe in like the the multi universe mm-hmm. theory. That's never been something I've been like that's definitely real. However, it it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I can see where it would come from. Yeah, 100%. But then again, the demony ghosty spirity aspect also kind of But what sense. if it but what if it's like a like kind of more spiritual mm. dimension or something like an evil kind of other place like the fucking upside down but like mm, yeah but like there's just more copies of us but like they're shit people or something i mean that's that could be i don't know i don't know either and that's part of the thing that makes it so interesting yeah and, and what's fucked up is we'll probably never know and that not bo- in this life yeah that bothers the fuck out of me so which of these is the most accurate i don't know They each have their own points, which are cool, but also some points which are very much not cool. The Norse one seems to have the least negativity attached to it, though. Like, your ghost spirit companion is just jumping ahead of you and checking out what's next. Maybe they give you a heads up and nudge you away from danger. Who knows? I don't know, but the North mythology is very based on, like, having, um, like, the gods looking out for you. Yeah. Like, they were very heavy into that. So it would make sense almost that they would think maybe that doppelgangers might have come from, I don't know. Sent by the gods to look out for you? Yeah, something like that. Could be. Well, what we do know is that people across the world have been finding their personal doppelgangers on social media and other avenues of the internet. Now, this is only a doppelganger in name only. The best description of this phenomenon is referred to as twin strangers, while the term doppelganger typically carries a more paranormal weight to it. Well, I mean... uh there, there's like that saying that humans can only have so many characteristics. Yeah. Like they, they try to say that no two human, you know, is going to look alike, you know, unless you have an identical twin. But I don't believe that. I believe that there's somebody out there that is going to have characteristics that you have. So there's only so many combinations that can be, you know, so many different options. And eventually you're going to have one or two people who match somebody else. And I think it's pretty crazy that we have that, but also I don't think it completely negates the doppelganger aspect of this. I don't think so either. So here's something interesting. The fear and terror created by the thought of the doppelganger comes from how exact the imitation is. It's not just the appearance, but the way someone walks, talks, acts, behaves, and even dresses. And although some who have encountered the doppelganger of someone they love or know very well, claimed that there's something that just seemed a little off about the suspected doppelganger. That's what I've heard. That generally whenever somebody sees one, at first they'll be like, oh, it's just that person. Mm -hmm. And then after a couple of minutes of talking to them, they're like, 
uh, there's something really weird going on here. I think it's interesting that most of the time the doppelganger doesn't reply. But in all the stories I found, they there's something about the way they look at them or a smile that just... It's just off. Yeah. Yeah. Almost feels negative or sinister. And it's just really off-putting. And then that other person walks back in the room and they're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah. Pretty crazy. So a popular account of the doppelganger interaction involves someone you probably have a picture of in your possession right now. He appears on the penny and the $5 bill. Okay. That's correct. Old Abe Lincoln. Oh, I didn't know I was supposed to say the name. That's fine. <laughs> but all right. All right. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Cue Isabel and Isabel fails. <laughs> I'm just sitting here like a dumb fuck, just twirling my thumbs. I'm enthralled by your story. Keep going. So... Old Honest Abe claimed to have seen two of himself in the mirror, one face next to the other. He claimed this occurred on three separate occasions. Really? Yeah. Now his better half, when told about these occurrences, feared for Abe. Mary Todd interpreted the sightings as an omen that President Lincoln would serve two terms, but not survive the second. Oh, fuck. And as we all know from history class, Mary Todd was correct in her interpretation of these events. Now, why is this, why this doppelganger sighting led Mary to believe, you know, that we may never know. Uh, do you, do we think that maybe Mary had some, I don't know, psychic abilities? Ooh, maybe. She I was, mean, truly, right? She was sensitive. It's possible. I mean, if, I mean, maybe she was like trying to jump to conclusions about, you know, why the doppelganger was there, but that seems oddly specific yeah. to just get from seeing a doppelganger. Yeah. So I'm jumping to psychic abilities. Could be. Maybe she uh, she was had some medium in her. I want to look into that. I'm going to Google some stuff later to see if she ever made any other premonitions. I'm curious. Hmm. I don't know. That's I don't a good know question. either. I, never, I didn't think about that, but yeah. now that you mention it. Hmm. Okay. Well, now as messed up as that all is, the doppelganger in the mirror, as I brought up earlier, is a total mindfuck for me. Now, those who are invested in the paranormal are likely familiar with the notion that mirrors are portals, right? Right. So follow with me on this one, as it's more of my ramblings than anything else. But if a mirror can be a portal for some entity on the other side, then wouldn't spending a good deal of time in front of one give them time to study you? Enough time for an entity to copy every detail of you? I think about all the times I've stood in front of a mirror, maybe spoken to someone else in a different room, been on a phone call, or maybe just rehearsed a speech for school or work. Now, if something is on the other side and it's studying me, then I'm giving him great material to work with. Now take a step further into my own mirror paranoia as I rehash my hesitation with my reflection. Have you ever tried to beat your reflection, turn so quickly you catch yourself moving? Now what if the reflection doesn't move when you turn away? Oh. Yeah. What if you turn to leave and your reflection just keeps staring ahead straight at you? What if the doppelganger plus the mirror? Uh, it just makes my skin crawl. What if the doppelganger wants to swap places with you and put you in the mirror? It's, um, we, we were actually talking about this the other day because we were, we, on Tuesday's episode, we went into this slightly and I was talking about the video of the guy sitting in his convertible yep. and he was like looking ahead and then there was somebody else videoing him from another car because he noticed something strange about mm -hmm. this man and the man ended up turning, but his reflection in the left rear view mirror didn't. Yeah. And Tuesday's episode hasn't dropped yet, so I haven't posted that video. But hopefully by the time this one airs, I'll have posted that video. Right. But it is 
the thought of that just creeps me the fuck out. Like out of everything that you have said thus far, that's the worst. It is the worst. And it's why my paranoia kicks in so hard because we have a mirror in our bedroom on like the dresser. Mm -hmm. We have a mirror in our bathroom. Yeah. We have a mirror in the bathroom. All the bathrooms have mirrors. I mean, that's, yeah. and then you look in the mirror when you're in the car, you know, you're so around mirrors and you just don't even realize it. I think the, the part that bothers me the most about it is, you know, we, most people fear the paranormal, right? To at least some degree. Mm-hmm. So you hear a noise or you see an unexplained figure and you freak the fuck out. But with this, you're facing that paranormal entity every day and don't fucking know it. Don't even know it. Ugh. And that's yeah. that. That's literally the part that I think freaks me out the most about it is like you're literally looking into something that's not you and you just have no fucking clue. Unless you're videotaping your mirrors at all times, you're never going to know. And there's 0% chance I would ever do that. Yeah, it seems like you're signing up for bad news. No fucking way. <laughs> Okay, so with all this said, there's one doppelganger experience that haunts and terrifies more than the rest. The reoccurring and persistent doppelganger. This is the one who isn't just a one-off. It's a being who hangs around in someone's life and is seen frequently. The part about this one I don't like is not knowing why, but the speculation, at least that I have, is that the entity is trying to replace you. Yeah, that's demonic. Oh, yeah. To me, at least. Right? The part that makes this the worst is that unlike the mirror, this one is out and about in your space. It's not trapped behind a barrier. Yeah, no, this one, it feels very evil to me. Like not doppelganger evil, but like demonic evil. Next level evil. Yeah. And okay, I don't believe in Faye. Like I just don't. That's not something that I have a belief in. Mm -hmm. But it sounds very Faye-like how they come and they steal like children to replace with like their own children. Yeah. It almost feels like that, but different. Right. It just, I don't know. All like any kind of body snatching, like replacing Mm -hmm. scary. And then you have to like, if you want to go like alien with it, just, you know, hear me out on this. Right. You have people that were abducted and never seen again, but Mm -hmm. what about people that were abducted? Maybe didn't know it or Mm -hmm. like, we don't know. We don't know, but they were like abducted and then replaced. Yeah. And you don't know if someone was replaced. There's so many, like, theories. Yeah. And it's, oh. But at least with a doppelganger that's still hanging around, now you know that, like, you're seeing yourself or you're seeing somebody two of somebody else and it's not going away. It's terrifying. What if, like, twins were doppelgangers? You just don't know it. I don't like that. I don't either. And my mom, you know, she she's not here anymore, but... She has a identical twin that is still around. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm not trying to throw shade at identical twins, but what if? I have cousins who are twins. Yeah. Oof. I mean, it's just nope. it's just something weird to think about. Nope. I'm going to put twins in a different different category off to the side. They uh they are not doppelgangers. Uh, they're probably not, but you know, just for the the spirit of the season of <laughs> paranormal. It's just interesting to think about. Well, One of the most famous stories of a doppelganger is centered around someone named Emily Segui. Now, Emily was a French school teacher during the mid-1800s. By 1845, she had changed positions 19 times over 16 years of teaching. That's a lot. It is a lot. Her 19th assignment, and most notable in relation to her doppelganger, was at the Pensionat von Neuwickel School. 
This was an all-girls school and very prestigious. It was where you went to school if your parents had money and you were in the upper crust of society. Now, Emily's doppelganger was first observed here by her students. During a routine lesson, 13 girls in the class watched as Emily's doppelganger stood next to her. What? The doppelganger went through all the same motions as Emily, copying everything <gasps> she did. They were right like they were right next to each other, like standing next to each other? Yep. That's terrifying. It did all this while out of sight from Emily. And as if that wasn't enough, the doppelganger was later sighted at the head of the classroom, seated in Emily's chair. Easy enough to explain. Emily was sitting in her chair, in her classroom, in front of her students, right? Of course. Except for the fact Emily had gone outside to the garden to collect some flowers. So who, or what, was sitting at the front of the class? Oh, God, no. A few of the more courageous students decided to touch whatever was present in their teacher's chair. Their hands passed through the imitation Emily. The students claimed it felt like pushing their hands through a thick substance that had a cloth-like feel. The fake Emily was also spotted during walks with the class, trailing behind the group, or standing in doorways, or peering through windows. In the end, this was all too much for the children, and by proxy, the school administration. Emily was let go as students were no longer able to focus on class, and some parents even removed their children from the school. One of the strangest parts about the doppelganger was that its effect was its effect on Emily. When the doppelganger was present, the student stated Emily would become groggy and weak. Strange. Honestly, I can't blame the students for being freaked out by that. No, not at all. Especially the ones who claim to have run their hand through the doppelganger. That alone would send me over the edge. An experience like that would make someone a true believer for sure. Okay, I have a couple of things with this. All right, let's hear it. I never once ever, ever, ever thought about touching a doppelganger. Yeah. That never like occurred to me to just touch it. Yeah. I just always kind of assumed that it was a, it would have like a physical being, mm -hmm. you know, or like a physical body. And the thought that it, your hand just like passes through it like a fucking ghost. Yeah. It makes you wonder what it is. No, for sure. And I think the biggest part about that is um, that most of the time when you see a doppelganger, you don't know that it's a doppelganger until you go and see the person and you're like, weren't you just over here? And then you go back and they're gone. Yeah. So, I mean, most people are not in probably in the position to even touch one. Yeah. But the fact that this fucking doppelganger has enough balls to mimic like the person that it's doppelganging, like whatever. Doppelganging. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're going to breeze right past that. Um <laughs> God damn it. Okay. So the fact that it's standing there mimicking her and the children are just watching it. Did the children not say anything? Were they just too stunned? So they were sitting there like, what the fuck is going on? Because me, I'd be like, what the fuck is that? Like out yeah. loud. And you would think that the teacher would turn around. However, let's say that they did. The children like were like, what the fuck? And freaking out. Mm-hmm. But Emily, what was Emily. her name? Emily was so fucking weak and groggy mm -hmm. that it just right over, over the head, head. Yeah. just like didn't even notice the children reacting because she was out of it. This, this doppelganger is like stealing her energy. It's crazy, isn't it? It is. I, I don't know how to explain it. It almost makes sense in a weird way, because if it doesn't have like a, um, like a solid form, 
Yeah. It would have to steal energy from somebody else to like maybe become solid. Hmm. Do you, does yeah. that, you know what I mean? No, I'm picking up what you're putting down. That's an interesting thought. I have no idea, but I just know that I don't like that at fucking all. And I wonder if, I want to know what happened to her, like, after that. Yeah, uh, well, she got fired. Well, yeah, um, no, I meant, like, after she was booted. Oh, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of where all the stories end. No Is, one really deep dives into what happened next. When did you say that that story was? In 19... 19- uh, circa 1845. Oh, God, that was a long-ass time ago. I thought you yeah. said 19-something. Mm, 18. Well, obviously, one way or another, she would obviously be deceased. Um, yeah. But it makes you wonder, did the doppelganger take her place? Ooh. And nobody knows? That is... Our doppelganger is eternal, and sketchy. maybe it's still walking around. Ugh. Maybe they're vampires. <laughs> <laughs> like energy vampires, right? Well, I mean, not if your hand's going through them. I don't, I've never heard of a vampire that your hand just goes through. But have you ever met a vampire? All right, you're right. I have not. I don't exactly. think. Exactly. Well, I don't think. Well, maybe like the crabby person down the street. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. You never see them at, during the daytime. Yeah, I guess like, I I could see them, you know, draining people's energy, just sucking it up from the street because they're awful. Do you have a story you want to tell us about someone who was crabby and lived down the street? From no, you? we're not going to name any names. <laughs> we're not doing that. Just just know that there's a person out there that I could totally see being uh, angry, energy stealing vampire. It's us. We're the energy stealing vampires. Uh, not me. Maybe you. <laughs> I'm a ray of fucking sunshine. Okay, so it only seems fair to throw out the disclaimers and speak to the skeptic point of view. As we've covered so far, historically, the doppelganger has been viewed as a shape-shifting demon, an evil twin. But paranormal investigator Lee Roberts aims, aims to change that perspective. Roberts stakes his claim on alternate dimensions and people's ability to time phase or astral project. Okay. Right? Kind of weird. But the scientific and medical community has a different perspective, though. They point to mental illness such as schizophrenia as the culprit. But that I could understand maybe having that mindset if it was you seeing your own doppelganger. But what mm-hmm. about other people seeing it? So there's a story. Uh, I forget the the guy's name, but he was having issues where he would wake up and he would see himself standing by his bed and. Then he would flip-flop, and then he would be standing next to his bed, see himself sleeping. And he would kind of flip-flop back and forth between that a few times. And then to rid himself, and he said to reconnect his mind and his body, he jumped out of a fourth-story window. What? Yeah. He landed on a bush, which cushioned his fall, but, like, messed him up pretty good. So he was taken to the hospital, treated for his fall, and then they did a scan on him. And he had a huge tumor on, like, I think the left side of his brain. So once they removed that, he no longer had the issues of, like, separating, seeing himself. I mean, I can, I can understand that. and But that'd be terrifying to go through something like that. And you would feel almost relieved to know that there was, like, a reason for it. Sure. But you can't say that everybody has schizophrenia or everybody has a tumor. Like, I just... No, yeah. <sighs> no. I don't know. I can't buy into it. The whole uh, astral projection thing, though, that's interesting to me because I, I, once again, I don't know if I truly believe in that. Mm -hmm. I know that there's a lot of people that do. 
I've just never experienced it. Yeah. Um, but it kind of makes sense. And I, I don't know, because thinking that somebody jumps out of their body, but then a doppelgangers are known to be evil. Mm. So what's jumping out of your body? It, it, that would make it inherently evil for everybody. Yeah, I see where you're going with that. And it would be like, there's a lot of people who have reported seeing, you know, doppelgangers um, from like children to the elderly. Where, how are all these people developing these talents to astral project like that? But I mean, it also to me doesn't seem like that would be at least the case with people seeing their own doppelganger. Because from my understanding, when you astral project, your whole consciousness leaves your body. Yeah. So what is left behind, like your physical body would not have like the mental capacity, I guess, or, you know, what's the word I'm looking for to uh, see your astral projective oh, self. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. Yep. It does. It would, I guess this would make sense as far as like somebody else seeing it. But I don't think it would explain you seeing yourself. But yeah. I, I just don't know. There's no, I mean, too that, many theories and it's... Who fucking knows? Yeah, that logic checks out. I mean, as for me, I can understand why a skeptic would suggest that the mind playing tricks on itself would be the reason. You know, whether it be mental illness or just, you know, regular dehydration and you're seeing stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, but I can't discredit all the people who have claimed experience with doppelgangers. The story of Emily Saggy doesn't seem to be easily explained away. And I think that that it's a major reason that it's stuck around and become such commonplace in the discussion of doppelgangers. That is weird because it was like a whole classroom full of children. Yeah, at least 13 for that first one. Yeah, I mean, you can't explain that. I mean, yeah, mass hysteria, but like really? That's, I don't think I so. I don't think that's mass hysteria. I mean, I know like if you look at the Salem Witch Trials... You know, they're saying that all these people were witches and making them do all this, all these things. But I don't think 13 children would just hallucinate the same image like yeah. that. No, I, I don't just, think so It doesn't either. make sense to me. Well, the majority of my deep dive into doppelgangers had led, has led me to this conclusion. We just don't know. There's too many questions with no answers. Too many things left unexplained. I do believe these entities are out there and I doubt that they're good natured. As with most of these creepy-ass things we talk about on this podcast, I hope I don't encounter any doppelgangers, and I hope my loved ones never encounter a, do encounter a doppelganger of me. Fuck no. I would... Oh, I don't even know what I would do if I saw you and then saw you again. Right? Would It might break you. I would, like, wake up, and you're, like, standing at the foot of the bed, and you're just smiling at me really creepily, and you're like, hey, Isabel. And I'm like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> That, that, no, I think you're right. I think it would break me. Yeah. Like, could you imagine, I don't know, you are sitting on the couch mm -hmm. and I walk past you and go into the garage and then you don't see me come back out. You don't hear the door open or close again. And all of a sudden I walk in the front door. Oh God. And you know, uh, you know, me and our youngest, you mm -hmm. know, kid, uh, we're having a conversation and she said, I have this irrational fear that one day I'm going to wake up and y'all aren't going to be y'all. Mm. And I was just like, I don't even know why you would have that fear, but okay. And I asked her, I was like, well, do you want to, you know, have like a code word in case you ever truly have that fear that somehow we've been replaced by something else? 
And so maybe that's just what we need to do. Maybe yep. we need to uh, make some code words because, but then would like our doppelganger know the code word? All right, we have to come up with a word around zero mirrors. Yeah. Oh my God. That's just, I don't like anything about this. All right. Well, I want to wrap it up on a lighter note and tell you about one more doppelganger-esque type entity. Okay. A fetch is a supernatural double, which comes from Irish lore and tales. The interesting thing about the fetch is how timing matters. To seeing the fetch is typically seen as a bad omen, and the viewer of their fetch can assume death is coming for them. But seeing a fetch isn't always bad. Sighting one in the early hours of the morning may indicate a long life ahead. So in other words, the fetch can't make up its fucking mind. (laughs) It's busy in the morning, you know, showing people that they got a long life. And then later they got to go catch up and be like, you're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to die. Okay. Yeah. You just like hit it with a hard note and then was like, yeah, but also, you know, maybe you might live for, you know, 50 more years. In the wee hours of the morning. Oh, good God. It's an interesting one. It's funny because... You were like, oh, the fetch. And all I could think of was Mean Girls. And that's so fetch. (laughs) That's all I could think about the whole time. Well, the Irish beat the Mean Girls to it. I guess so. And that's that's a different kind of fetch. Yeah. That's a bad fetch. Unless it's the wee hours of the morning. Unless it's the wee hours. But who the... I mean, I I would never see it in the wee hours. Well, I guess that's not true. Mm. Because I'm a night owl. And I'm up during those hours. Yeah. And then passing out in kind of like mid-morning. So if you're an Irish potato farmer and you get up early to go tend your crop and you see yourself out in the field working, you're like, dope, long life ahead. But if you're calling it a day, you know, working the fields, you're packing it in and heading home and you see your double still out there working, you're like, well, damn it. Well, I, I don't like it. I don't like any of it. <laughs> None of it. I don't like doppelgangers. I think that that is just terrifying well that concludes my presentation on the doppelganger thank god to be honest with you because (laughs) i i have this story sitting like in my brain and i've like it's been something that i've thought about for so so long so i mean do you think i should just tell it i think you've teased it a lot so i think you have to okay so before me and andrew got married i was living in a different house in a different state and Uh, My oldest, she was, I don't know, probably about four at the time. And I was chilling in the living room one day. I looked up and there was this little girl skipping down the hallway. And she looked identical to our oldest daughter. Hmm. Like I was, whenever I saw her, I was like, oh, there she is. You know, like it didn't occur to me that there was an issue until I realized that she wasn't even at the house. She was in a completely different state staying with my mom. Oh, you didn't even tell me this. Yeah. And so it freaked me the fuck out because she literally looked exactly like her, but she was dressed like in this, I don't know, this like old dress that you would think of of a little kid wearing in like the early 1900s. Really? Yeah. it, It terrified the fuck out of me because It's one thing to see like a ghost, but another to see something that looks like your child. So fast forward a couple of months later, I walked into the house and the couch in the living room, like the back of it was facing the door. Okay. And I walked in 
And this little, the same little girl like poked her head up above the couch to look at me. Like it was like she was laying on the couch and then like kind of got up and looked over the back of it to like see who had walked in. Oh man. And it was the, it was the same girl, as I said. And it was like another moment of, oh, that's just, you know, her, you know, my oldest daughter, except for once again, my oldest daughter was once again in Texas, you know, where I'm from visiting my mom. Yikes. And so I was like, oh my God. And those are the only two times I ever saw her, but it will forever be like ingrained in my mind. And you went around the couch and nothing. Yeah, nothing. Nothing. And like I said, it it would be one of those things where it would be fine. I mean, it wouldn't be fine if it was a ghost, but the fact that it looked identical to her, it just still scares the shit out of me. So like I try to interpret it as, okay, this, this little ghost girl just happens to look like our oldest daughter, mm. but the hearing doppelganger stuff, it just makes me nervous. Real sketchy. Yeah. And at the time... You know, our oldest daughter, you know, she, no medical problems, but now she's, you know, plagued with chronic migraines. Yeah. And she, um, you know, she goes to a neurologist and she has, um, you know, she has some medical problems. It's true. So it's scary. I don't like it. So anyways, that's my story. Yikes. Yeah, pretty much. So do we like doppelgangers? No. (laughs) Fuck no. And I hope that we never encounter one. And hopefully in my case, maybe never again. Yep. Uh, Never would be too soon. Yeah, pretty much. All right. Well, you ready to move on to some listener stories? Oh, yeah. Let's get out of this. We gather here today to hear a tale from our friends from the other side. All right, so I have the first listener story for this week. Yeah, good. Give my mouth a break. Yeah, and oh my god, this this story literally freaked me the fuck out. Oh yeah? Yeah, for reals. Right. Are you ready for it? Scare me. Okay. Hey, Andrew and Isabel and all the fiends. My name is Terrence. Terrence. I thought I would write in and tell you about this encounter that I had had about a year ago that still haunts me to this day. All right, Terrence, let's have it. I used to live in Oklahoma, and sometimes I miss it, but I have to admit the used to is because I moved the fuck out of that state after what I experienced. Okay. I like to think I'm a pretty logical guy and that most things can be explained away. This, however, I just can't. Maybe someone out there can enlighten me, but I'm not holding my breath. I don't think I can deny what happened to me is anything that can be logically explained anymore. So here we go. All right. There is a state park called Lake Thunderbird close to where I used to live. And it's a really serene and peaceful place. Gorgeous, really. And I spent most of my summers on its shore and floating on its waves. Hell yeah. One night in late July, it was a buddy of mine's birthday. It didn't take much convincing to get our whole gang together to go camping out at the lake. There were about 10 of us out there, and we brought in my boat. It was pretty late that first night when we decided to throw my boat into the water and get some fishing in, but also to do a little partying. It was my best friend's birthday, after all. 
I mean, it sounds like a good night so yeah, far. Yeah, Terrence seems like somebody we would 100% hang out with. <laughs> so it was a night like any other. We were sitting back having a good time. All seemed well, and eventually several of my friends fell asleep on the damn boat. Mm. All, that, all that stayed up were me, the birthday boy, and another of our friends. It was probably around 2 in the morning at this point, and we were kind of in like heavy conversation mode. You know what I mean, right? Like when you've been hanging out all day and it gets late and the conversation turns to more heavy topics. For sure. Anyways, we were right in the middle of discussing if we'd rather have nipples for toes or toes for nipples (laughs) when suddenly a light (laughs) appeared in the sky. (laughs) I know it got me. Okay. And when I say a light, I mean a bright ass circular light. It had appeared just above the tree line across the lake several miles off as though it had come from the ground somewhere. I already know where this is going. When it appeared, all three of us stopped talking. It grew super quiet and the air felt heavy. It was the weirdest damn thing. Hmm. Finally, I asked my friends, do y'all see that? They nodded slowly as all three of us watched it rise higher into the air. It was dead silent, whatever this thing was, and all three of us began to panic as it moved closer to where our our boat was. But even with the panic, for some reason, we didn't yell. We didn't try to wake up the others on the boat. It was like something held us in place, just watching. It finally got close enough that we could see this thing was shaped like a disc, and every part of it emitted a blindingly white light. It was like the strangest thing I had ever seen. It hovered in place close to where we were for maybe 10 seconds before finally taking off, shooting off at an unbelievable speed without making one sound. Now, it may seem strange that I moved that I moved away from my home state just because of my potential sighting of a UFO, but the experience stayed with me for several months afterwards. I don't blame you. I began to have strange dreams, almost like night terrors. I dreamed that I was being abducted, and when I woke, I would be covered in sweat. The two friends that had experienced this with me were going through something similar as well. On the flip side, our friends who had remained asleep the entire time had no lingering effects from what they were lucky enough to not see. Now, I don't know if these dreams and strange feelings were just my overactive imagination from stress of seeing something unexplainable, or if there is more to it. I can't deny that my friends experiencing the same things isn't stupidly weird. It was enough to drive me away to a new state in hopes that it would stop. And strangely enough, it did. I now live in Utah, and though I miss Oklahoma, you couldn't pay me enough to move back there. Not on the off chance that the dreams begin again, or worse, I see the UFO again. The few people I've told this story to have lightly suggested that maybe it was aliens marking us and that we were truly being abducted at night. I laughed it off, but I won't lie and say that I hadn't thought of that too. To be honest, I don't think I can fully embrace that possibility. I hope all you enjoyed my story more than I enjoy it. Keep up the great work, Fiendish Overlords. Forever your devoted fiend, Terrence. Well, I didn't enjoy it, but I did. (laughs) Yeah. But it's terrifying. Yeah, no, that's awful. And I think it sounds like narrowly avoided being uh, abducted. I guess. I don't really know. I I don't have any answers for that. I just know that there's no part of that that is good at all. So, yeah. Terrence, I'm glad you still have, you know, both of your feet on Earth. Yeah, <laughs> You for know, sure. honestly. So, and thanks for sending us that story. 
Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Terrence. All right. I want to hear your tale for this week. Well, good, because I got one. Good. Hey, friends. I heard a good friend's story read aloud two episodes ago, and after serious thought, I decided what harm could telling my story do. So sit back and have a cold one ready for the after this crazy encounter. I hope my friend recognizes the story because she was one of the very few people I have ever told the story to and actually believe me. Well, I don't have a cold one, but I've got coffee and that's the same. <laughs> so I'm definitely ready to hear this. When I was a little girl at the age of nine, my family was living on the south side of Chicago. We moved into a co-op and the first year everything seemed nice and normal. Then one night I was getting ready for bed and I took my stuffed toy dog, kissed him goodnight and placed him on a chair and crawled into bed. In the middle of the night, I was awakened by voices and opened my eyes to see at least a dozen ghosts <gasps> flying over my head and talking. What the fuck? They were very cheerful and seemed to fly right through each other. I could not see their faces and they were all wearing dark brown long cloaks. They looked a little like the ghost of Christmas yet to come from the Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. At first, I thought, I must be dreaming. I laid in bed and pretended to be asleep when suddenly one of the ghosts stopped and petted my stuffed toy dog. I squinted my eyes and turned over when I heard one of the ghosts say, is she awake? And then another responded, no, she's still asleep. Oh my gosh, that's so scary. They continued to fly through my room for at least an hour or so, continuing to laugh and talk. Though I couldn't understand what they were saying, they sounded very friendly. When I finally opened my eyes, they all said, she's awake. And then they flew into all four corners of my room and disappeared. The next morning when I woke up, my stuffed toy dog was leaning over lopsided. The experience did kind of freak me out. I knew they stayed lurking so I would say hello and goodbye when I entered and exited a room. Nobody ever responded, but I knew they heard me. To this day, I still say hello and goodbye when entering and exiting places just in case. This event took place back in 1993. And since then, I have always been intrigued by ghost stories. I hope you find this intriguing, strange, spooky, and chilling. Keep up the fantastic work. Much love, longtime believer. Oh my goodness. This story hits you in the way of like the ghost didn't seem malicious. Yeah. So, you know, they're just floating around having a good time. Just, you know, being like, la, 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 la. And that's awesome. That's way better than having something terrifying happen. But that would still scare the ever-loving fuck out of me. It raises so many questions. It, yeah. And the fact that they're like, is she awake? Oh, yeah. Like. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? It's very weird. I don't know. I don't even know what to say about that. Yeah. I, it's mind-blowing. And to imagine like me being in that circumstances, I don't think I would have reacted the same way. I don't think I would have either. I think I would have screamed. Yeah. To just be like, oh, well, you know, hey, ghost. Later, ghost. I'm out. You know, have a great, great day. I'd f fuck all that. Like, I'd be like, nope, burn the house down. We're, we're done here. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Well, I am curious. Uh, and that was an anonymous poster, right? Yep. Um, so I'm curious, anonymous, um, if that ever happened again. Did you did you ever see them again? Oh, that's chance? a good question. I mean, or was that just like a one-time encounter? Mm. I, I don't know. Could mm. you imagine if that just happened all the time? I think that would be better than once. I think so, too. And you would start to get used to it, yeah, I guess, I, too. I think that's why. And it also kind of poses the question of, like, since they're so loving, were they maybe ancestors? Could be. I don't know. They just didn't want to scare or something? I don't know. It's, it's very strange, though. 
petting the toy dog is weird too. It is. And the fact that she woke up or she or he, I'm sorry, is anonymous. Um, the fact that, you know, you woke up and the dog was tipped. Yeah. Oh, so kind of just confirmation that you weren't dreaming at all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for sending in that story. It was a good one. It was. All right. Are you ready to move on to some video evidence? Yeah, let's do it. All right. We'll believe it when we see it with video evidence. Okay, so this one is mine. Yes. Now, because of the curse of YouTube, we are stuck with another compilation. Yeah, I think at this point, that's just what it is. And I just, I think it's fine. It's fine. Well, on the upside, there's bonus content for when we upload it to the socials. Yeah, everybody can like watch the whole thing and see even more creepy stuff. Yeah. I'm also going to say real quick, if y'all ever hear creaking in the background, it is my chair. So we also have the curse of a creaking chair. The old creaky chair curse. Yeah. Just wanted everybody to know that. Maybe one day I'll get a new chair. We'll see. All right. So this video is mm-hmm. the first one up on this uh, compilation. Okay. I'm going to react the same way that I did the first time I saw it, which is total shock and horror. Okay, so this must be really good then. All right, so uh, there's some text here at the beginning of it. It uh, it starts about 40 seconds in, but we'll have it set up for you guys. All right, so video one, spirit leaving the body. Not much information is currently known about this clip. What is known is that it claims to show a spirit leaving the corpse lying on a bed in a hospital hallway. What? Yep. And go. I'd, um, I'm kind of afraid to watch it. Okay, so this definitely, there's like a body laying in a hallway. Yep. Or is that, no, that's a room. That's a room, right? It said hallway. Okay, well, maybe maybe it is a, a, I don't know. Who knows? But But, yeah, it's, what the fuck? Yeah. What the ever loving fuck? No. (gasps) And it's. Oh my God, no. Exactly. Oh God. That is horrifying. That's, that's it. That's Dude. all there is to that video. It is fucking like. Dude, there was like a song. person laying on like a bed or something, and like it, a fu- there's no other way to describe it other than like its spirit got up out of its body and fucking jetted out. It still puts chills up my spine. That is fucking horrifying. Like, look at my arms. Fucking oh my goosebumps. god, dude! That is by far the best video evidence we have ever done on it's- this show. So, oh, that literally freaks me the fuck out. Yeah. But it also lends to the thought, like, if that's real, right? Yeah. It lends to the thought of that there's life after death. Yeah. That we 100% do leave our bodies and, like, go on. Yeah. In some form or another. And there's nothing about that that makes me think, oh, that's a camera glitch or, you know. No, there's no way that's a camera glitch. Do you want to watch it again? Uh, uh, no, but yes, I guess. I'm just going to get freaked out all over again. Yeah, but it's so worth it. It's, because it's fucked up because you can wild. definitely tell that that's somebody laying there. Yeah. And they're definitely, that person's not moving. No. So I fully believe. Oh. <laughs> you know what's weird about that is you watch the head of it come out of like the head. Yeah. Like you watch it come up from like the 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 head of the body. Yeah, and the weird pause like it it comes like halfway out of the body and like pauses for a second 
and then goes just, completely out. It almost acts like it's being pulled out of that room. Yeah. Like you're, you don't belong here anymore. You're going to where you're supposed to be. It's wild. I don't like that at fucking all. Oh my gosh. I mean, in a way, like it's fucking cool because like I said, it proves that there, something happens afterwards. Sure. sure. But, oh, oh man. But it's fucking wild. Yeah. Ooh, okay. We need to move the fuck on so I can get that out of my fucking head. All right. We will have that video uh, posted up. I'll have it in the show notes, and then I'll also, po- I'll also post it up on the social medias. Oh, what a video. Okay, we're moving on to a cryptid now. Cryptid catalog. Don't expect this in the mail. All right, so I have a great cryptid for you this week. Is it pants? It's not, but <laughs> that one still just makes me laugh so hard. I know that we talked about my creaking chair, but we also have a snoring cat in here. I don't know if y'all can hear it or not, and I'm not going to edit it out because Rowan's snoring is precious. I can definitely hear it. She is a loud snorer. Yeah, she's a great cat. Okay, are you ready to hear about my cryptid? Yes. Okay. In 1955, near Kelly and Hopkinsville in Christina County, Kentucky. All right. Another Kentucky one. An incident happened called the Kelly Hopkinsville Encounter or the Hopskin. Why am I having such a hard time (laughs) with that that word? Hopkinsville Goblin Case. Goblins. Goblins. Okay. So the name was given in regard to a series of connected incidences of claimed close encounters with extraterrestrial beings. Oh. UFOologists regard this incident as one of the most significant and well-documented cases of UFO incidences in existence. Really? Yeah. That's, that's saying a, something. That's a strong especially, statement. Especially with Roswell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So though the USAF, which, you know, the United States Air Force, classifies this alleged incident as a hoax in Project Blue Book files. Really? Yeah. I'm going to lay it out and let you decide if it's real or not. Okay. So on the evening of August 21st, 1955, there were five adults and seven children that piled into the Hopkinsville police station. They were freaked out, claiming that several small aliens that resembled gremlins had appeared in a spaceship and began attacking their farmhouse. They stated that for four hours, they'd held off the spaceship with gunfire. Really? Yeah. So they were like literally shooting their guns at a spaceship. Okay. Can you think about, like, seriously, I mean, think about these people out there just like, pew, 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 you know, at, like, UFOs? That, I mean, I've been to Kentucky, and I love the state, but that's honestly the most Kentucky thing I've ever heard. That's amazing. And it's so funny because it feels like it would be something we would do. Oh, yeah. Which is, I think that's what makes it so hilarious, because if I saw a spaceship, I'd be out there like, let's fucking get that motherfucker. Well, I mean, what's the other option? Yeah, just let them abduct, abduct you. Mm-mm. Okay. So they stated the creatures were around three foot tall with pointed upright ears and thin limbs. They had long arms and claw-like talons, and they appeared to either be silver in color or wearing something that was metallic. They noted that the creature's movement seemed to defy gravity, Hmm. that they would float above the ground and appear in high up places. They also apparently walked with a swaying type motion like they were walking through water. Oh, I damn sure going to shoot some little gremlins that I see running at me. That like that description is 
horrifying. Mm-mm. I don't no, thanks. I would shoot at him too. Okay. So Elmer Sutton and Billy Ray Taylor, two of the adults that were present stated they'd been shooting at 12 to 15 short dark, dark figures who kept appearing at their doorway and peering into their fucking windows. Oh, I hate it so much. Okay. Four city police, five state troopers, three deputy sheriffs, and four army military police from Fort Campbell drove down to the farmhouse, concerned mainly about the gunfire that that, that had been reported and not exactly like the aliens. Okay. Though why MPs had to go for that? I don't know. Yeah. It seems strange that like the military would randomly decide to go to. Yeah. I mean, and nothing says that they were in the military. Mm-mm. Huh. No, they, it, it, they're like at a farmhouse, so I'm assuming that they're probably farmers. Weird. Yeah. Now, when the authorities arrived at the home, they found holes in the windows and door screens that had obviously been made by gunfire. They had also found significant damage that backed up the family's claim that there'd been a struggle. Though with no aliens present, the police eventually left There was as there was like nothing to act on. Well, that makes me think that there was no, you know human blood or anything else either i don't know i didn't see anything about that well if there was i don't think they would have just been like oh there's person blood on the ground but that's not a big deal yeah well i I, i'm assuming that the aliens weren't shooting back oh you mean like if they were shooting at each other yeah yeah yeah. i was thinking like a gunfight with the aliens like the aliens are shooting back i'm so dumb fucking aliens are like coming out the spaceship with like fucking handguns like <laughs> <laughs> fucking revolver you know like old westing it hey that's literally where my mind went that shows you what kind of person i am <laughs> so all right so the next morning the neighbors informed the police that families had that the families had packed up and left stating that the, uh, the creatures had returned about 3 30 in the morning so they're saying that these motherfuckers came back. Mm. Like they were jonesing for a fight. They were like, we're going to get back and get them motherfuckers. What is it about these people that these aliens wanted them so bad? I don't know, but they fucking packed their shit up and got the fuck out of there. Yeah, it would take a lot to push you out of the house at 3.30 in the morning. Yeah, just up and fucking out. It reminds me of the Lutz family. Oh, yeah, With yeah. Amityville, how yeah. they just up and jetted. Just got the fuck out of there. Yeah, it's very strange. Huh. So there were several eyewitnesses to this like event. Okay. Aside from the families present at the farmhouse, others in the area stated they had seen unexplained lights in the sky and weird noises. Now to leave you with the final kicker, some of these eyewitnesses were the police themselves. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, fuck all that. Yeah, pretty much. That's that's my closing argument with that. I mean, we all fully know that I believe in aliens. I think they're out there. I think that they exist. And I honestly would not be surprised if that might have actually happened. Yeah, no, thank you. I want nothing to do with that. No alien attacks that I have to fend off with gunfire, please. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, well, are you ready to move on and hear about some emails from our listeners? Let's do it. Is there anyone out there? Who wishes to communicate through the spirit board? All right. So how did you hear from any of our fiends? Yes, indeed. So right. we have a email from Kimberly. Oh, okay. Hi, Kimberly. And she said, hi, just wanted to reach out and say that I started listening to your podcast and I absolutely love it. I'm very into the paranormal. My family has a lot of experiences and such. My mom is a paranormal investigator. My aunt is spiritually sensitive and can see people's auras. 
and I have had experiences my whole life. My friend slash brother from another mother, Dan, is who recommended me to you guys. I really like how you all have your different segments, and it is really enjoyable to listen to you guys go back and forth. You two are very real, relatable, and funny. Keep up the great work, and I hope you keep this podcast going. Lord knows that paranormal stories are pretty much infinite, so you will never run out of material. (laughs) Have a wonderful spooky day, and I can't wait to hear more. Your new fiend, Kimberly. P.S. The hash slinging slasher reference had me laughing out loud. (laughs) And then P.S.S. The Mothman movie with Richard Greer Greer is a pretty decent film. You should just watch it. Then again, I'm obsessed with Mothman, so my opinion may be a bit biased. Oh my gosh. Thanks, Kimberly. We actually got a listener tale from her, and I intercepted it, and I'm keeping it, and I'm going to read it next week. All right. So you're keeping that one secret from me? Yes, 100%, because it is so fucking good. So... I'm excited for that one, Kimberly. And um, also, Dan, thanks for recommending yeah, you know, her to us. And I hope that, you know, y'all might recommend us to other people. But as far as the Mothman movie, no thanks. <laughs> I have no desire. None. Well, I'm just bummed that I have to wait a week to hear that story. Yeah. Well, it's going to be fantastic. But also... Um, you know, I know that you sent in the listener story, Kimberly, but like if your mom oh, yeah. um, or anybody has like, you know, stories that they encountered while doing investigations, we'd love to hear those too. Or your aunt seeing if she's, you know, super sensitive to stuff. Yeah. It sounds like your family like has some really good paranormal things. So much paranormal. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So on the topic of the Mothman real quick, before we jump out of that, Whenever I did my weekly post for the Mothman episode, so it's been a while now because that was one of our first episodes, uh, somebody actually commented on it and said that that I should go to the museum. Mm. And I was like, nah. Not interested. No, nah, thanks. It's all right. I'll take you. Everybody is just like all about trying to get me to West Virginia. Yeah, they want you to like. go. I don't know why. Because. Because they think it's funny to terrorize me. No, because you need to face your fears that's but no yep face them head on <sighs> no thanks okay I you think. versus mothman knife fight knife fight knife fight why a knife fight i don't know it just seems exciting okay well the mothman can have a knife and i'm gonna take a gun <laughs> i'm gonna shoot holes through its wings so it can't fly anymore don't bring a knife to a mothman fight yeah and i won't have a knife well maybe one like for backup in case i run out of ammo <laughs> Okay, sounds like a plan. I think that's the best plan. Yeah. I mean, obviously it works against three-foot aliens. Uh, that's very true. Yeah. So anytime we find a Mothman, uh, an alien, a doppelganger maybe? No, because you can run your fucking hand through them. So apparently, silver bullets. I don't know. I, I want to say, like, let's not just jump to shooting everything that we think is paranormal. Um, oh my God, there's actually, okay, I'm sorry. I don't mean to yeah. interrupt you on this one. I know exactly what you're but thinking. But there's literally a story out there about uh, a dude that, okay, I'm not going to go into it because I'd actually, this is actually on my list of like stories to do, but essentially a dude fucking shot a real person because he thought it was a ghost. Yep. I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. It's like a whole like story. Yeah. And I, it's on my list. So Teaser. yeah, you're, you're definitely right. We should probably not just start shooting at everything. Unless Especially you have, doppelgangers. Unless you have a salt shotgun. Yeah. Or salt, salt. crossbow. <laughs> because remember that we're making that. Awesome. All Can't right. Can't wait. Well, I think that's all we have. 
that's all I've got. All right. Well, we would absolutely love it if y'all would come and find us on our socials. I have them posted in the show notes, so you can just copy and paste from there. Uh, so I'm not hitting you with a million of them, and you have to remember all of them. Yep. And if you have any listener stories, because we're always looking and we love reading them, or if you have any video evidence or a cryptid you'd like for us to do, or like a tale or anything, just or a doppelganger. Oh my God, please send us doppelganger stories. Anybody have any of those stories? We want them so badly. Yeah. Please but, email them to spiritboard at paraffinepodcast.com. But I also like sleep, so I probably won't read them at night. But I will because I'm up at nine. Yeah. Well. And okay. that's it's fine. So yes, but we want them. We also want you to share this podcast with friends, family, and strangers on the street. Yeah. Because as uh, Isabel has said many times, it helps us grow and we just want to get the word out there, get more people to be able to send in these stories, more people to work with us on the Facebook Fiends Only group. Oh my God. And it's, I love that group so much already. Yeah. So if you aren't a part of it, please come find us. It's fiend a paraffine podcast group. It is, it's a great place to just like hang out and interact with other fiends. And you can post stuff in there, like, you know, funny paranormal stuff or just whatever. Yeah. It's, you it's dropped, great. You dropped a, uh, a pretty funny meme today. I love that meme so much. <laughs> and I got, yeah, people thought it was really hilarious. And it, 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 I mean, it describes me to a T. Yep. If you want to know what it is, you got to go to the group to see it. But it involves two of her favorite things. Uh, definitely. A hundred percent. It is, it is like, literally, it is me to a T. Um, so this is actually something that me and you have talked about real quick before we head out of here. But we're actually going to have, I think, some stickers made of our paraffin logo. And I think we want to distribute those. So Yeah, that's the plan. Do y'all want any paraffin stickers? If so, let us know on the Fiends Only group. Yes, please do. And we'll get, we'll get those sent out. And, um, you know, maybe you can put them on your car so you can help rep the podcast. Rep your fiendism. Yes. Your fiendishness. Yeah, fiends forever. Fiendy friends. Fiend. Fe- <laughs> That weird finger gesture was so fucking weird. <laughs> I know y'all couldn't see it, but it was like spirit fingers, but like pointed upward and it was very strange. Yeah, he did it again. Okay. We're, <laughs> I think we're going to hop on out of here. You got anything else? Nope. Thanks for hanging out. All right. Until next time. <laughs>